amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Join Mildred Lynn McDonald and co-hosts Madonna McInnes and Shelley Budakoff as they breathe life into ancient knowledge, explore energy medicine, and share down-to-earth practical guidance and humor from their own life journeys. Get ready to challenge your six senses and shift your perspective. Mark your calendars. Airs the third Wednesday of the month at 4 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Atlantic. And now, let's join Mildred Lynn, Madonna, and Shelley. Hello, everybody. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald. Thank you for joining us today for Two Owls Having a Hoot. I'm here in Sebastopol, California, and very shortly, I will be joined by my co-host, Madonna McGinnis from Cape Breton Island, Nova Scotia, and Shelley Budakoff, just down the road in Sebastopol. What's the topic for today? Well, we're going to look at self-compassion. And this is part two of a series that we're doing on compassion. If you'd like to listen to part one, please go to the Healing Conversations with MildredLynn.com website. So back to self-compassion. What is it? Well, I found this definition. The first part of self-compassion is about mindfulness. Self-compassion involves recognizing when we're stressed or struggling without being judgmental or overreacting. So mindfulness. The second component of self-compassion is self-kindness. What can we say about self-kindness? Being supportive and understanding towards ourselves when we're having a hard time rather than being harshly self-critical. And the third element of self-compassion is connectedness. Remembering that everybody makes mistakes and everybody experiences difficulties at times. You're not alone. So, That's a definition for self-compassion, for your consideration, mindfulness, self-kindness, and connectedness. And now I'd like to bring Shelley Budakoff and Madonna McGinnis to the table. Are you there? Hi, Mildred, all the way from Cape Breton. Hi, Madonna. What about you? Are you there, Shelley? Hi, Mildred Lynn. Yes, I'm just down the road from you in Sebastopol. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) So... So I read a definition of self-compassion. Does that sound true or ring true for both of you? One of the things I would say is it rings true and also add in there that self-compassion really is not self-indulgence. Oftentimes people will consider it as self-indulgent, but it really is just letting go of self-criticism. And we do live in a culture of criticism, so... You know, we're taught to be critical of ourselves and others as a way toward self-improvement. But really, self-awareness toward ourselves and others really means just observing what's happening, warts and all, and that's embracing our humanness 
I think that's really important. I love the Joseph Campbell quote that says, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. I like that. (laughs) I've been exploring self-compassion for many months now. And the simplest definition, if you will, that I found, self-compassion is acting as kindly to yourself as you would to someone else that you feel needs your kindness. So, you know, no judgments. It's really all about when you're up against it, when you feel that you failed, whether you failed others or failed yourself, that you are kind and understanding to yourself, that you're not ignoring the pain that you're feeling, that you're not going ahead with a stiff upper lip and digging in and just keeping moving, that you are taking time to just love yourself, to be kind to yourself. There's one that I found from Buddha. You yourself, as much as anybody in the entire universe, deserve your love and affection. You're listening to Two Owls Having a Hoot with your hosts, Mildred Lynn MacDonald, Madonna McInnes, and Shelley Budukoff. Looking for more podcasts like this one? please go to www.healingconversationswithmildredlynn.com. Enjoy the show. For the three of us, compassion for self, is this something that you would practice every day? And if yes, why? And if not, why? Well, I would say as I've aged, I have learned to become kinder to myself. And I grew up in a strict and critical household, and part of my conditioning is kind of being a critical parent toward myself. And then when Ted and I raised our daughter, we emphasized the positive aspects of her development with encouraging words, you know, as she was growing. And one day it dawned on me, I needed to be kinder to myself and to raise myself as I was raising my daughter. And self-nurturing was a concept I had not embraced as a philosophy or practice. So I started from that point and going forward, it kind of required unraveling of a ball of yarn to see the truth of how I got there in the first place. And at this point, I I did seek counseling. Sometimes it is helpful if you're trying to unravel things that seem complicated. A wise person once said, I remember this quote, but I don't remember who said it, self-acceptance is my refusal to be in an adversarial relationship with myself. And I've learned that loving yourself contributes to the healing of the world. And because it doesn't require being better than someone else, it simply requires self-acceptance and self-compassion. So that's one of the things I've learned. What about you, Badada? As I said just before, I've been recognizing that I need to practice self-compassion for some time now. I've been dealing with an illness for about the last year and a half, and I realized probably just about three or four months ago that I was really angry at myself for allowing this to happen. I felt that I had allowed this to manifest in my body. And then I really started searching and looking for that prayer or that piece of information that would help me get to that place that I knew that I needed to get to. And I was reminded of a prayer that I was given when I worked out West a couple of years ago. It's 
a Hawaiian prayer tradition. It's called the Ho Ho'oponopono prayer. And it's all about repentance, forgiveness, gratitude, and love. So what I simply say for myself is, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And if I say that over and over and over again as a mantra, then the anxiety that comes with the judgment, the fear that comes, turns to compassion for myself. I find that it just really works. It's amazing. Your voice even changed when you said it, as you were mm-hmm. saying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read it first thing in the morning. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Yeah, you have a little lilt in your voice when you're saying yes. that. <laughs> I, should, I, should go, I should go around blah, 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 all day long. <laughs> Madonna, that is so remarkable to hear because there was a period of time that uh, my daughter and I had some unresolved issues and we were in Hawaii and we decided to practice a ho'oponopono. And so we did, and just like that, it was just yeah. over and gone, and we've moved on. Mm. And so it, it really is the miracle powerful. prayer, isn't it, Ellie? Yeah. Yes, it is. It's very powerful. For me, I do a self-compassion practice every day, and I started to do this when I was 26 because, as you alluded to, Shelley in your quote about not battling with yourself, I remember I was in Newfoundland, Canada, and I believe I must have been criticizing myself for something. And all of a sudden, I had one of those ah moments, and I realized that this was just a bunch of negative energy, and I couldn't get out of my body. Even if one aspect of my perception was going left and the other aspect of my perception was going right, one part of me was going to lose. So there was no no win-win. And I decided, I think it was divine intervention, I decided in that moment that I was not going to nurture or facilitate negative conversation or criticism about myself within myself. And so what I started to do was monitor and observe whenever those conversations or those comments or judgments started to come into my consciousness. And I just refused to entertain them. If someone was going to ask me what was one of the best things you've ever done for yourself in your life, I'd have to say that that's probably one of the top three. So that's what I do every day. Like <laughs> that myself. <laughs> well, you know, Mildred Lynn, it shows. And when I first met you, it was very apparent. But you've done, you've done your work. You've really done some work. Yes. What drugs yes. is she on? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm teasing. No, your your skin your skin tone is too good to be on drugs. <laughs> That's the first thing I noticed, and then I realized, oh, it's all that oxygen from laughing. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Oh well, thank you. All right, so our next question is moving right along here. If we were going to share, who taught us about self compassion, or who are our teachers, or an event that can happen in your life? What would you say? So try this one. I realize that I've had many teachers in my life, including my parents. And probably my greatest teacher has been my friend Janice, because when we met one another about four years ago, we really circled one another like and it was, you know, going to be the clash of armies sort of relationship. <laughs> and it was for a long time. 
And, you know, we were there to help and support one another, but it just, it was tough. I have to say, out of that relationship came the biggest learning about compassion, compassion for others, and compassion for myself that I have ever experienced. And I'm very grateful to her for allowing (laughs) it all to bubble up, so to speak. Very grateful. What about you, Shelley? Well, every day is a new lesson in self-compassion and compassion toward others, I feel. The family member I talked about in my last program continues to teach me more and more about that mutual healing power of compassion. And I witness walls and defenses crumbling and a softening of heart and opening of spirit. And it's really very remarkable. Each time we've had an interaction, instead of the old family defense patterns, the new pattern of compassion kicks in and it's very powerful. I know it had to start with myself, you know. And one of the things that I've had the opportunity to study with some wonderful Buddhist teachers, Pima Shogun or Jack Kornfield or Joseph Goldstein and Ram Das, and I've been inspired by the Dalai Lama. I was raised in a Christian household, and sometimes when we hear the words of one particular religion or philosophy over and over, we can become immune to their meaning. So having the opportunity to hear new words from teachers rooted in different cultures with different life perspectives made me more balanced and grounded and brought me a new vitality and meaning to my spiritual growth. I like the image of viewing the human experience by looking through many different windows. This enables me to feel more compassion toward myself and others and being able to laugh at my foibles and those around me, and it just lightens our burdens. And, you know, we've had this culture of competition and consumption We are in a criticism mode much of the time, and I was struck by a description of an international conference that was held for the Buddhist teachers presided over by the Dalai Lama. And the Western teachers brought up that the most prevalent problem in teaching Western students was getting past self-hatred, shame, and self-criticism. And the Dalai Lama and other Asian teachers were shocked. They could not comprehend the word self-criticism. It took the Dalai Lama 10 minutes with a translator to even understand the concept. Isn't that interesting? It is. He then asked how many of the Western teachers experienced this problem with themselves and their students. He saw everyone nod in acknowledgement at the problem. He was genuinely surprised, and he said, what a mistake, everyone is precious. And so literally some cultures, the word self-criticism does not exist. And those ancient traditional cultures were taught, you know, that survival and flourishing of society depended upon mutual respect and the welfare of each person. So... The members did know where they fit. Many people are unhappy no matter how much they have or constantly fearful of losing what we have, which really separates us more from each other. So there's no room for peace with ourselves in the world in that kind of a paradigm. So, You're listening to Two Owls Having a Hoot with your hosts, Mildred Lynn McDonald, Madonna McInnes, and Shelley Budikoff. To join our podcast email list, please go to www.healingconversationswithmildredlynn.com and click on subscribe. Enjoy the show. I learned a lot from the late Debbie Ford, and she wrote The Dark Mm. Side of the Light Chasers. And I hadn't entertained the idea that you could have a less desirable aspect of yourself, embrace it, and work through it and shift it. Yes. Yes. So when I read her book, I remember going through it and with my pen, 
<laughs> underlining so many sentences that I found profound. And when I went back to look through the book, I had a great laugh because everything was pretty well underlined, underlined there. So it was a big moment for me. And then the second, oh. the second teacher that I found really helpful in the same vein was the great Viktor Frankl when he said, we can choose what we make things mean. That goes back to, yes, you fall on your face, you make mistakes, you get in trouble, all those wonderful little hiccups in life. But you do choose what you make it mean. And for me, part of my self-care, self-compassion is always choosing it to mean something good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's all the learning. Now, what life lesson have we all learned? What benefits have we gleaned from self-compassion? For me, it's recognizing that my feelings of personal inadequacy are shared, that it's the common human experience, and therefore I don't have to beat myself up. I just have to experience it and continue to love myself and that I'm probably going to feel inadequate a lot more times in this lifetime than I hope to, you know, that it's just something that is part of me, that is part of us, will always be there walking beside me. And maybe that's okay. What about you, Kelly? Well, I'd say the life lesson I've learned through practicing self-compassion is the daily reminder that I'm part of a greater whole of humanity. And I've found my heart softening toward myself and others through practicing the non-judgment and compassion, self-compassion. And I emphasize the word practice because I can't always accomplish it, but it is how I choose to walk in the world, and it is that practice of loving kindness. I would not be able to feel self-compassion, quite honestly, without doing homework on myself. I had to look in the, the dark corners of my heart, mind, and soul. And after witnessing and experiencing those very human aspects that we all share, made me able to feel self-compassion and compassion towards others. And as a side, my homework never stops. <laughs> I have noticed the more compassion for myself I'm able to feel, the more patient and generous I am toward others on their path. The uh, response to strangers, I've noticed when interacting with them in a friendly and honoring way is either total surprise or an acknowledgement and an opening of their heart. And it's a recognition of a fellow traveler on this path called life. So it's indeed a wonder and a privilege to live on this earth. The world does become more expansive rather than contracting. The best part of humanity can shine through when we let our internal light shine, I would say. And Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote, People are like stained glass windows. They sparkle and shine when the sun is out, but when the darkness sets in, their true beauty is revealed only if there is a light from within. Oh, Shelley, you've outdone yourself. I love that. I love that. And put it a different way, I'm constantly washing my dirty windows. (laughs) Good, you let that light shine in. Yes. I thought a lot about this, about self-compassion. And what it's given me is a great sense of freedom. Because yes. you are freed from having negative thoughts about yourself. And that was huge for me. The growth aspect 
the developmental aspect as a human being is that if I'm not blaming myself for something, that takes away a whole curse of excuses, at least for me, for why not to do something. So <laughs> it's been the great cleanser, the great reality check, the yes. great observer. That all being said, like that's where the growth is, that's where the learning is. But it's a huge sense of freedom, being free from torturing yourself yes. or eating up energy that could be used doing something else or just being. So that's my big takeaway. I don't know if anybody has experienced that besides me, but well, I've experienced I, I it that. hanging out with you. <laughs> yeah. That's why we like being around you, Mildred. Oh, yes. you <laughs> I want to be like her. <laughs> It also gives the freedom to always try new things because you're not caught up in that fear of having to criticize. So it's much more of an adventuresome spirit. I was sharing with Shelley and Madonna that many of our listeners are young people, and young people are looking for answers. So I'm really hoping that our self-compassion is something that makes sense and that they can use from the vantage point of us offering our years of experience. And if you wanted to learn a little bit more about compassion, and we just finished talking about self-compassion, check out the Two Elves Having a Hoot episode that we did before this one. What do you think? Do you think that would be Madonna and Shelley? Yeah, idea? I think it's just a natural bookend for each other, right? It's an important topic. It's the topic that I think the whole world needs to talk about more and more. So much is coming at us, and especially when we're young, there's so many questions that we have and so many judgments, you know, whether they're from the adults in our lives or from ourselves. It just seems, I remember, I don't think being in your 20s today is much different experience as far as that internal chatter that anyone has had as, you said, no, that you had it yourself, trying to move beyond that in your 20s so that you can live a full and open life to the world, one that is filled with compassion for yourself and for others. Mm-hmm. I, agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I <laughs> agree. <laughs> and in two words, she summed it all up. I agree. <laughs> job exploring compassion and self-compassion. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining us today for Two Owls Having a Hoot and as always want to share that Madonna and I are the two owls and Shelley is the hoot. (laughs) (laughs) And gladly so I believe. Yes I believe so too. So thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next month with a new topic that will hopefully entice and engage you. So, Madonna, thank you very much. It was great talking to you again today. You as well, Mildred Lynn. And, Shelley, you're right down the road. Thank you so much for making the time to do Two Owls Having a Hoot. It was wonderful to have you at the table. Thank you, Mildred Lynn, and thank you, Madonna. See you next time, Shelley. (laughs) Okay, goodbye. Bye, John Boy. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Two Owls Having a Hoot. 
Looking for more podcasts like this one? Please go to www.healingconversationswithmildredlin.com. To join our podcast email list, go to www.healingconversationswithmildredlin.com and click on subscribe. Airs the third Wednesday of the month at 4 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Atlantic. Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lisney, Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.